Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and we are starting a new series. This is the very first message in our series called I Have Questions. And um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to put this up front. Okay, this is not a political message, okay? Because, you know, some people go, oh my gosh, the church has crossed over into politics, okay? But what it is, is what we're trying to do is really kind of lay a foundation for us about the fact that it's okay to ask God about questions. It's okay to go to Him and say, God, I have some questions. Because as you know, I don't think any of you would argue with me, that we are living in a very anti-everything culture right? Everything's anti. It's like, nope, you know, and everything is being analyzed and questioned kind of through um, this lens that they are calling um, critical theory, okay? And um, basically what that means is just there's lots of people in today's terms that are kind of, um, today's terms is woke, right? Um, You've heard that word before? Has anybody heard that word before, right? Where people are, are kind of being woke, but what they're doing is they're reading between the lines of everything, They're looking at every little tiny thing and trying to validate their own self-realized theory because that's kind of where our culture has leaned. And in that kind of um, theory that they're analyzing, that they've come to their own conclusion on, basically they look at things and and, and everything, and they're looking and they find problems. So what it is, is like you have a truth. And they're looking any way, shape, or form to be able to get around that truth in order to make them feel like, okay, no, this is, this is the right way to go. And they look at it in a sense where there is somebody, and we're just going to call it this, like the man that is you know, causing this oppression, causing these things to um, um, kind of maintain power over everyone. And, um, and so we want to kind of, look at it because they what they're doing these days is they're fighting and pushing back um, kind of with their own self-realized realities against anyone who believes differently right anyone who believes different from them they're going to fight back and at some point um, i think all of us are on a collision course to encounter this kind of questioning especially from these like, you know, critical theory evangelists because they want to they challenge your faith. They want to challenge you on why do you believe what you do? And there's coming a day where, you know what, no longer can we just say, well, I believe this because I grew up in it. Well, that's not good enough for them. They want some harder facts. They want some harder things in what the Lord... Um, what, what, the, what Scripture says if you're going to believe in faith. And so what happens then, when, that, when, we, get, when we face that encounter, um, you'll either find out that um, um, you're lacking in your Bible knowledge, or you'll even say, wait a minute, you'll even be challenged. Because just even a little tiny seed 
of doubt wants to travel into your heart, into your mind, to say, wait, why do I really believe? What is that really true? But see, that's, that's kind of part of their, their, their strategy. And so we, we are um, wanting to help us, me included, everybody on staff, right? We want to help us build a solid foundation in this very first message of you got questions. Um, because when these encounters happen, if we, if we don't know how to deal with them, if we don't know how to have truth that we are living by in our own life, then you know what? We begin to slowly drift off of what is truth, right? And, and, and we'll be completely unaware that that's what we're actually doing. This is what Paul warns in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. This is, this is Paul talking. And he's talking about the end times. And he says, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. Now, this is in the Passion Translation. It says, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. I can't talk today. Okay, so that just means he's making it clear. At the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith. Okay, that means they'll shrink away. They'll step away. One after another. So this is not just isolated in one group. I mean, he's talking about at end times, there will be people who will walk away from what is actually true faith. And it says, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocrite liars will deceive many, and their consciousness won't bother them at all. Right? Some translations will say that it's, it's um, deceptive spirits and doctrines of demons. And see, the culture is, is driven, okay, is driven by these deceptive spirits. They really are. And this word departing, this is, this is really something for us because a lot of times we think departing is just a quick, sudden depart, okay? But how the Holy Spirit reveals this in, in verse number one, it, re, it doesn't refer to something that, that's blatant or an outright um, rejection of the faith, although it might, might get them there at some point, but it's describing something much more subtle than that. It betrays a slow, almost unnoticeable, step-by-step departure and change of position over a period of time unintentionally. And see, I believe that happens when people's guards are down and when there is no biblical foundation, where their biblical foundation is not solid enough. Like going back to what I said, gone are the days that you can just say, well, I just grew up in church and I, so I'm, I just come to church and I believe who Jesus is and that's it. See, we have to have a solid foundation we have to be able to say, this is why I believe. This is true. This is it. Because again, like I said, you'll have these people that'll come in and they'll challenge every single thing that you bring to the table. And what God wants us and what as pastors we want for you guys is to be able to answer every single one of those things that come about. Not, 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 not you know, feeling like, oh, I have no idea. I don't, oh, no but that, that there would be a solid thing inside of us 
But see, we have to understand that this highly demonic influence that's around, it, it just kind of is chipping away at our, our beliefs. It's chipping away for certain people that, that kind of just all of a sudden will get to a point where, man, they have found themselves so far off of what scriptural foundation is, but really never intending to be. I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced anybody like that who would seem pretty solid, and then all of a sudden, man, yeah, no, they're talking about this, and they're talking about that, and you're thinking, that is so far from Scripture. That is so far from the foundations of faith. Where are you going? But see, what happens is, is over time, unintentionally, they are receiving other things that are not scripturally based and going, oh, I guess that makes sense. I guess that's something that I can hold on to in my heart. And, I, I, and, and, and yeah, and you know what? It, 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 it's, very, um, it's very loving when it's not even scripturally sound. But because we wrap it in kind of, oh, well, we're supposed to love people. No, we're supposed to be, yes, we are supposed to love people, but we're supposed to love people scripturally sound, right? Not just, oh, okay, well, we'll just go with the flow with whatever you're doing there, and it's okay. No, it's not. But see, that's our culture. Our culture wants to kind of build, build off of that. And so we want, want, want to build a biblical foundation that has us committed to God's word, right? And committed to the point where we're not budging off of the Bible on any of these key hot topics, you would say. Because there's a lot of hot topics these days that, are, um, that we're facing in our society. And so in this series, we want us to be able to build this foundation, right, this first part, and acknowledge the questions that you even may have. I mean, have you ever had a question, right? You ever had times when you're just like, I don't get that. I don't understand. Why this? Or someone presents something and you're like, hey, that's a great question, but I don't have the answer for that. See, what we want to do is help us be able to, to grasp those things so that we have a better understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, what faith is, and what, what life can be in a covenant relationship with, with, with the Lord. And so we want these things to be solid. Okay? Because in this day and age, we don't want it. We want it to be built upon the rock, right? And not upon sand, right? You, you know that, that uh, parable, right, that Jesus said. You know, you build it on the rock, storms come, what happens? It stays. But if you build it on the sand, the storm comes and it falls all apart. And we don't want our people, we feel a mandate from, um, from the Lord, as, at least as far as our campus is concerned and our, all of our campuses, our church is concerned, that we are to teach God's word so that it's built on the rock and not on sand. And so that's kind of where our heart is because we, we just know that the world is becoming more and more unstable every single day. And then the other thing we just want to do is to make sure that you realize it's okay to have questions. It's okay to ask God. He wants you to come to Him with questions. No question is too small. No question is too big. He is ready and willing to answer So we don't need to be in the dark um, because the only bad question is an unasked question, right? I mean, we'd, we'd say that kind of with our kids. You know, well, I didn't know. Well, you should have asked. Oh, 
okay, you know, but, but they ha- you know, you want your kids to ask questions, so God wants us to ask questions. So here's the title, What in the World is Going On? That's our title for today. And um, I know Corey already prayed, so we're not going to pray. But um, in our world today, our, our society, like I said, is developing a culture where it's just questioning everything. I mean, it's just reigning supreme, right? I mean, more and more people seem to be asking questions, asking um, all kinds of things about either faith or, or um, you know, family or, or just our world altogether. All and... Um, and really, these questions that are being asked are questions that never really were asked before. Nor did they really need an answer. But because of all this moral confusion that is going on in the world, we're now faced with the opportunity to be able to answer them correctly. To be able to answer when we get faced with some things. And, and the other thing about it too, it, it all depends on who you ask. right? Because you'll get different opinions all the time. You know, you can ask a person this, and they'll say this. And you ask a person this, and they say that. And, and what's sad about it, too, that even happens between believers. That you can get different opinions from different believers. You know, when, when you start talking about questions about marriage, or, or about God, or about heaven and hell, or about, you know, abortion, or, um, you know, same-sex identity, or whatever, whatever that is, gender identity. All of these things, you can talk to Christians and some Christians will have different opinions. And not all those opinions are based on God's Word. Because that's the truth. That's the standard. But a lot of times, because of these deceptive um, ideologies and things that we allow in sometimes, we don't necessarily stand on that. We think, well, I'll just kind of love this person through... this opportunity. Yet, we don't bring it back to the fact of, I'm, I can love you, but i got to give you the standard. I've got to give you what God's Word has to say about that. And again, you know, it's all about the fact that, that this world has just got all kinds of questions about everything that's going on. But here's the deal, too. It seems as though um, in the world, right, um, there is no standard of truth to the masses. I mean, all you got to do is turn on TV. All you got to do is like talk to some people. And so it, it leaves sometimes this opportunity for us to be able to step in if we're willing and if we have a strong enough foundation to begin to address those things. But see, this, this, this spirit, that is in the world at the moment is just causing all kinds of things that are happening. I mean, you can see it from generation to generation, different thoughts, different beliefs, different ideologies. I mean, there's just this gap between generations from when I grew up to compare to where my, my sons are and what they're encountering in school and all the things that, that go on there. Totally different generations. There was a different generation ahead of me that were totally based more, I would say, on scriptural truth, then, see, so it's degrading each and every generation, it appears. But see, we have to be people who stand up and say, no, this is the truth. This is what we will stand upon, and I'm going to love you with all this truth. Instead of just kind of agreeing with you because I don't really want to start a fight or I don't really want to start, you know, kind of 
having you just get riled up and get all triggered and all that stuff. But there's these, these gaps that, that are, are happening. So with all of that being kind of in our, our front mirror, it's truly important that we posture our hearts correctly as we approach God with questions, as we approach the questions that we have um, in Scripture. And it's important about how we ask the question, which is leading us to our first point, but it's, it's, it's important how we ask the question because how you ask it, who you ask, really does make a difference. It really does make a difference. Which leads me to my first point for today. There is a difference in having questions and questioning. There's a difference in having questions and questioning. Again, having questions is not bad. Right? We all have them. However, we must be watchful in how we posture our hearts and how we ask God. See, we need, we need to make sure that it's not with a questioning spirit that is over, I, I feel, overwhelmingly active and alive in today's culture. But here, here's what I mean. So we're going to kind of decipher that just for a second. Here's what I mean. Questions should come from a deep love and commitment to God from a desire to get to know Him more. So that we can put those, those things in place in our life so we can walk uprightly before Him. Because He does want us to walk uprightly before Him. So our questions should seek truth and understanding. And a great example of this, turn to John chapter 3 if you have your Bibles. A great example of this in Scripture is Nicodemus. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he came with honest question, with an honest question, honest questions to Him. And let's, let's read this, John chapter 3, verse 2 through 4. It says, One night, he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, this is Nicodemus, he's talking to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. Nicodemus said, Rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for everyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. So Nicodemus was seeking truth. He was seeking understanding. Now, let's get to questioning. Okay. Now, questioning, on the other hand, comes from skepticism and individualism. And it's out kind of to sub, uh, subvert authority, to forgo truth, and, and to kind of seek and break free from any kind of healthy boundaries, like, bi like biblical boundaries. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that. It says um, in, in Mark chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 13. And, 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 and here's the example before I read it. So you remember where, where they were out a lot of times, the, um, I think in this this portion of, of Scripture was the Pharisees. And they, they would go and they were trying to trip Jesus up. They were trying to somehow get him hung up. 
somehow be able to discredit Jesus, somehow be able to discredit him and kind of just mess, mess it up, mess it, you know, subvert the authority, discredit him in front of his followers. And so Mark chapter 12 gives us a great example of the wrong posture of heart when it comes to questioning. It says this, Then they sent a delegation of Pharisees together with some staunch supporters of Herod to entrap Jesus with his own words. So they approached him and said, Teacher, we know that you're an honest man of integrity and you teach us the truth of God's ways. There's a little bit going on there, right? He can clearly, we can clearly see that you're not one who speaks only to win people's favor because you speak the truth without regard to the consequences. So tell us what you think. Is it proper for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Verse 15, And Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said to them, Why are you testing me? Show me one of the Roman coins. So you can kind of see an obvious difference, I hope. Right? Nicodemus had his questions. He sought truth and understanding. Right? He kind of came with the right heart posture where these other guys were manipulative. They were looking for ways and they're questioning. They were looking for ways to trap and discredit Jesus. And so their heart was in a wrong posture. And see, that's the thing about our culture today is our culture lives in that wrong heart posture. They do. They're systematically trying to erase the knowledge of God from people's consciousness. Because, you know, uh, um, at large, our culture is one of extreme individualism, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's increasing more and more. It has rejected absolute truth and is secularized to the core. And so as a result, I would say our, our country, our, our society is becoming more and more lawless Right? It is embraced kind of, again, kind of that lie um, that all we have is love as long as that love, you know, is expressed in embracing and affirming my self-realization. Right? Oh, yeah, we can walk in love. Oh, you don't agree with me? Then I, I'm not loving you. I'm going to slam you. I'm going to pick you apart. I'm going to totally cancel you. I'm going to do whatever it is. I mean, you can see that just brewing within our nation and probably other nations as well. But it's just kind of just been brewing like, oh, we're all supposed to walk in love. We've got love. Love's it. But as soon as I disagree because I put my faith and trust in the Word of God, oh, well, you're not walking in love anymore, and therefore I'm going to tear you to pieces. And that's, that's wrong, right? I mean, that's crazy. And see, what happens is the more and more we allow this self-realization, the more we, we allow all of this to begin to happen, then all of a sudden we start rejecting God's Word as truth. We, we start rejecting that God's Word is the final authority in all things. Right? And in that, it's caused a lot of people, including believers and non-believers, to start questioning Right? To kind of come a little bit skeptical of like, okay, how does God, why, why does God say this? But really, man, if we're supposed to do it this way, well, I, I don't get it. But see, we have to draw hard lines because that's what Scripture says. And so we want to just take, take a brief moment. I'm going to walk you through something. Because to understand this kind of reality that we're walking in, we want to just kind of look broadly at this progression 
um, of our culture from modernism to postmodernism to applied postmodernism. Now you might say, Scott, what, Pastor Scott, what the heck is that, right? But follow me, and we're going to go through it real quick. Now, modern, modernism is a movement towards modifying traditional beliefs in accordance with modern ideas, okay? It's the culture that most of us grew up in, uh, where established uh, Judeo-Christian values um, were, are primary, okay? It's believed that you can know right from wrong. You can know true from false. And it's all basically based upon biblical foundation. Then postmodernism came along in the 1950s, and here a bunch of philosophers got together and concluded that there is no absolute truth. Yeah, it's there. We understand that, but post says, oh, but you know what, really, there is no absolute truth. Uh, one cannot really know anything absolutely. And with that idea, they concluded that existing absolutes were a product of this Judeo-Christian value system of modernism that kind of helped struck, uh, construct the Western civilization. And that, that system basically, again, was the sole purpose of establishing and maintaining power. So they said that even though um, um, absolutes are like a, a, an existing power play, you still should be able to question that. Then applied postmodernism comes along and they took the postmodernism one step further by um, declaring that existing absolutes like Christian values shall be destroyed. That's where we are today. Applied postmodernism. Where people are out to destroy the very thing that we believe is truth. Because you know what? It has so shaped our culture. It has so, so shaped everything. But you know what? That can't be true. So therefore, we have to destroy it. We have to eliminate it. We have to eradicate it. But the hard part is, is that they say, well, it's so ingrained and, and developed into us that, that, there, that this, this, this thing cannot be just easily gone. It's like trying to, to, to have you ever um, had a, a dry erase board? And someone took a permanent marker, right, on the dry erase board. And then you come along and go, I'm trying to get it off, but I can't get it off, and it's just not working. So what do they do? You, it's destroyed. You take it out and throw it in the trash. Well, that's what they're trying to say. Even though this, this modernism has been ingrained and developed in us, right and wrong, uh, uh, true and false, all of these things we, we know to be true, and even what God's Word has to say, they look at it and say, no, there is no absolute truth. That is not absolute truth. So therefore, I need to do everything I can to eradicate it. And I'll challenge you on it. And I'll talk to you about it. And I'll get in your face about it. Because, you know what? You don't know as much as I do. But see, that's, that's where we've got to be able to handle it and say, no, no, no. I know a lot. Because I'm spending time in my word. I'm spending time right, with the Lord. And, and so kind of how does that all kind of apply to us? Well, there's a couple of things that we have to recognize that we live in this, you know, um, unstable postmodernism and, um, and, and this um, applied modernism culture. 
But, but how are they attacking this in some ways to try to get this to be done? Well, a couple, couple things is by secular formation. I know this one seems a little more an educational journey today. But it's by secular formation, which is the, the way in which someone slowly over time is being shaped by secular culture. Now, that happens through constant streams of secular entertainment, streams of news, streams of social media, teaching, um, and social environments. And these things begin to gradually shape and conform people, Christians alike, right? Start to conform them, and they begin to adopt these patterns. They begin to say, okay, um, these opinions, I can, I can grab a hold of that a little bit. I, it's, it's like this, um, and I think I've used this example before. How many have ever played baseball before or softball or whatever? Okay, when you get into a batter's box, I, I, hopefully, I don't know if you've ever noticed, you know, when a batter gets in there, he gets in there, and what does he try to do? He kind of tries to erase the lines of the batter's box. And he, he kind of, you know, try to whatever advantage, whatever that is. But see, I think in some ways that's our culture right now. And I'm not saying it's just, it, 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 it's, um, it's not like Christians that are doing that, but I think some Christians are. But, but it's all about erasing the lines. So it becomes so blurred that, you know what, it just, I mean, I can't imagine sometimes, and yeah, I'm a Twitter follower, I, you know, I don't even post anything, but I just follow it, because, I mean, it's, it's pretty dumped with stuff, right? But I'm just amazed at some of the stuff that comes across my feed that are from churches that have blurred the line so incredibly much that you're just like, what are you doing it's just, it's mind-boggling. But see, that's the culture. The culture is all about blurring the lines of the batter's box, the lines that God has designed and drew up that come from the Word of God. And the culture is all about trying to erase those lines. And, and we've got to understand that, you know what? They want you to just begin to accept their opinion and just be conformed to the morality of the culture but see, when we give ourselves to this secular environment, it's like planting seed, right? And we know this. We know that, you know, God's kingdom works like a farm. And it's the same principle. Whatever you're sowing into your ground is what you're going to reap. And so if we keep sowing secularism and we keep sowing the, the, the thoughts and, and plans of the world, and yeah, I guess that's okay then, I guess that's all right, then you know what? At some point, like we talked about in that first scripture, we're going to be off track. We're going to be deceived. We're going to be like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? I don't even believe the Bible as much as I used to. And so that's where we've got to kind of understand that, that we've got to be able to, to kind of um, get back to some discipline when it comes to God's Word, right? The, the other way it happens is because we, we lack discipline. I mean, we're, we're formed, like people are, and believers are being slowly formed by secular culture, but they're also missing discipleship. 
and, and the teaching of the Scripture and what it means to put their faith in Christ and follow Him. And, and in some ways, and please hear me, because I'm, I'm not one of those guys, but, but you know, in some ways too, I think the church has become so seeker-sensitive that we haven't dealt into things that really need to be addressed with people. Again, like I said, this is not a political message at all. <laughs> Sounds like it, but, it, but it's not trying to be. It's trying to be, just at least start the process of building some kind of foundation. But see, a lot of people are missing discipleship and, and then the teaching of Scripture. And, and then even what it means to put their faith in Christ and to actually follow Him. And so when we put these two things, right, as our primary bus drivers on our bus, it kind of creates this thing, that we, which is a hot topic word, it creates deconstruction, okay? And, um, and basically what that is, is you're kind of, um, um, you're embracing the postmodern and applied modern ideologies. And what kind of deconstruction does is it begins to lead to questioning, not questions, questioning and problem, problematizing, right? That word's complicated for me today. Problematizing, which again, like I said, is basically when they start looking and trying to read between the lines. Where is the, 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 the where, where are the, the flaws? I'm going to point those flaws out, right? Where are the inconsistency? You know, there are not enough, fill in the blank. You know, you could go to an ice cream store and two people buy ice cream and one gets more sprinkles than the other and someone gets offended. Right? I read between the lines. He got more sprinkles than I did. Oh my gosh, you must not like or you must be whatever. It but see, that's the culture that we're in. Um, but see, that's where we've got to look at it and say, okay, you know, and, and we think. We think this deconstruction word, because some, I mean, even Christians sometimes are, are, are using it, right? But it's this deep commitment to a radical standpoint of skepticism, and it's just not biblical, right? It's not, it's not biblical, and it does not cause growth. Because some people say, well, I'm deconstructing my faith, going back to the very basics. But see, in that deconstruction, then you're, you're questioning everything. Like every little detail you're questioning and it can't be that and it can't be this and it can't be that. See, and, and that's the problem. And people think, oh, well, it's going to cause me to grow closer to the Lord. Not necessarily. See, you, you, you don't mature when all you do is problem, problematize. I'm sorry, I can't say it. And, and this is not even a word, but skeptimatize. Okay, any and all existing truths. You're not going to grow. You're not going to mature. You're not going to be that because all these existing truths that you, you're trying to look at, you're trying to contrast it to one self-realized truth and your own personal experience, and that's what it is. And so then, you know what? I guess Scripture just doesn't apply to me. And, and, and how, how I mean that is when you look at Scripture and Scripture says, don't do this. But yeah, but you, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand my reality. Well, 
what's truth? <laughs> See, people lean on, well, the truth is my reality. The truth is what I need at this moment or I feel. So, example, um, stealing, right? Someone might, might think, I need, because of my reality right now, I don't have enough cash, so I need to figure out a way to kind of either steal or, you know, like you see these videos of people running into Walmart and just taking stuff and then running out or whatever, and Walmart's not doing anything. I, yeah, I'm getting political, I guess. Um, I don't mean to. Sorry, um, uh, podcast world, whatever. Um, but but, but they're, they're not doing anything. So people say, well, you don't know my present reality, so therefore I have to do this. I'm doing this. But see, they're not putting it up against God's Word. That God's Word says, no, thou shall not steal. Thou shall not lie. Thou shall not, you know, have other gods before me. Yeah, but you don't understand my reality. You don't understand where I'm coming from. This is my self-reality. Right? And so it's easy then to be able to say, well, the Scripture doesn't apply to me. And so I'm just going to discard Scripture. And then, we, 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 then all of a sudden now you're going down a slippery slope. Gradually, maybe. You ever, you ever, I don't even know why this came to my head. You ever watched Prices Right before? Okay, long. I'm Bob Barker, not, not the new one or whatever. But they used to have that, that, uh, that yodeling guy that would go up the thing, you know, like, whatever. So I'm just thinking in, in my head, it's kind of like that, but you're going backwards, right? So each step, when you give in to something that is unscriptural, when you give in to what the culture says, when you give in to self-realized realities, you, all of a sudden you're backing up and you're not even realizing it. And sometimes, you know, you might wonder, well, man, where was my relationship with God at some point? But, but it, it, it's, it slipped because we've allowed ourselves to not stand on truth and the things we know to be, be true. So we have to realize that, you know what? We, we can't allow even our questions, the, the slip into kind of this um, questioning spirit posture where we kind of become cynical with God, kind of become critical or skeptical. And we have to realize that the enemy is out after us constantly. Right? 1 John 5.9 says this. says, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. Guess what? Secular media is under the sway of the evil one. Social media is under the sway of the evil one. All of these things are under that sway. But see, we have to be able to approach God with a heart, postured in a way of, of humility, to be able to ask the questions that we come. To. We, so we don't want you to, to, to approach God skeptically or the way the world approaches questions. Which leads me to the second point, and I, and I promise we'll get, be done here in a second. It says, how, how we ask questions determines the answers we get from where they come from. So if you have a, a questioning, prideful, um, culturally informed 
posture, your heart's postured that way, I'm going to tell you this. You will find answers, but I assure you that they will only be the perversions of truth. They won't be actual truth. And they'll lead you astray. Back again to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And so that's why we need to go to the source because here's the great thing about it. God is, is waiting. God is anticipating. God is looking for opportunities to reveal His truth, to give you wisdom, to give you understanding. He always has to be the one that we have to approach with a, a heart of humility. James chapter 4, verse 6 says this, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. we got to go before the Lord humble. Right? Now, the culture of this, this day and age is not humble. Would you agree? Not at all. It's very prideful. It's very self-righteous, very self-this and that. But God said He'll pour out more grace when we are humble. And then a couple other scriptures that go, go, go along with that. It says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? You, when you are prideful, you're not really fearful, are you? No. But if, we, but if we are fearful before the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. And then Proverbs 2.6 says, Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word He speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. So it all means that, you know what, we must approach God. We must have a, a posture of heart with humility um, and in the fear of the Lord, recognizing that He's the source of all answers. Right? He's the source of, of every truth for every question that we have. And He'll meet us when we walk humbly before Him. I think it's in the book of Micah where He says, hey, these are, these are the things that, that God wants. And one of them is that we would walk humbly before our God. And so He'll give us the wisdom. He'll give us the truth. He'll give us the understanding that we need. And so what are some things that, that we can would do with that? Well, one, we just come to God and we ask. We pray. We seek. We say, God, give us the wisdom of how to answer these questions or the questions that I have. Or, you know what? Another thing you can do is you can ask wise men and, 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 and wise women uh, of God in, in, uh, in community. Ask them, right? Build community with other believers that are, are processing God's Word as truth, right? Don't get caught up in people who are not. And kind of just going with that flow. No, look for people that you can say, hey, God's word is, tr they say God's word is true. They're, they're living by that to the best of their ability. And I need to surround myself in community with that. And then another thing you can do is just kind of wait and ponder, you know, before the Lord and ask the Lord, hey, Lord, reveal this to me. Help me to see it wherever it is. But, but, but overall, I mean, those are all biblical, but the number one thing you should always do is go to God's Word, which is our last point. The starting place is to ask the question, the question, two E's. What does the Bible say? That's our first thing. What does the Bible say? That should always be our starting place. We need to go to the Scripture and search for 
the truth. Because if we don't, I think society is waiting and society is looking for an opportunity to tell you what the truth is. To tell you what your opinion should be, how you should behave, how you should believe. It's just, man, it's, it's right there in front of us. But what I love is in Acts chapter 17, we have this great example of, of, of the Bereans. They're searching the Scripture. Now, I want you to think about this before we read it. They had the opportunity to hear the teachings of one of the most famous apostles. A guy who wrote, I don't know, 13 books in the New Testament. Uh, one of the, 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 the star theologians. Yet, the Holy Spirit has Luke make this point this way. Verse 10 in Acts chapter 17. At night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to the city of Berea, when they, uh, where they once again went into the synagogue. They found that the Jews of Berea were uh, of more noble character and much more open-minded than those of Thessalonica. God, I can't even talk. Anyways, you got the drift. Um, they were hungry to learn and eagerly receive the word. Uh, let me read that again. They were hungry and learn and um, and they were hungry to learn and eagerly receive the word. Every day they opened the scrolls of scripture to search and examine them, to verify that what Paul taught them was true. Here's Paul. Paul is the top theologian, man. He's got it all down. The Holy Spirit's using him. He's speaking. He's telling them all about it. But these people were like, hey, you know what? Let's go search, make sure he's saying what he's saying. Let's go make sure that this is truth. And man, I, I, I pray that you would be those people. That you wouldn't just come on Sunday and say, oh, well, Pastor Scott said, so it's all good. Right? I'm human. I make mistakes. I, I'm trying to be right on target every single time. But you know what? We have to... Use this as an example to search the Scripture. So when we have questions or we are encountered even with questions, go, man, I, I, I don't know. We can reply, I don't know right now, but I'll search the Scriptures. I'll find out what the Scripture says about it. And then can we talk about it? You know, a lot of times they'll shut you down. Ah, nah, it's good. Nah, nah, never mind. Yes, yeah, you don't know anything. Well, but you got to give me a chance. And so here's these people. They're just like, man, we're, we're learning from Paul. Paul's telling us all this truth, but yet we still got to search the scriptures. We still got to be, you know, out and looking. So we have to begin to set this kind of up in our life. We can't just look at it one time, the scriptures one time a week. We really got to kind of get in this rhythm and this routine where we're actually in scripture every single day so that we can uncover you know, dig for these, these, this rich treasure of truth that God has for us that he wants to give to us. And so I'm going to end it right there because like next week, we're actually going to talk about can I trust the Bible? Because you might say, well, yeah, but how do we know all the Bible's true? What, what's going on with that? You're telling me I got to seek, you know, and, and study it every day or at least find out to try to get the truth. But you know what? You can trust the Bible. You can trust the Bible. And so next week, we're going to kind of start right there. We're going to, we're going to start with that topic. 
Because we've had people come to us and say, can I really trust the Bible? And we say, absolutely. So to us, that's a, a major question. We want people to be able to navigate to the point where you feel like you trust it so much, just like you trust one of these chairs to hold you up when you come to sit. Like, you know, Pastor Scott didn't come and do, undo the bolts and kind of get it all ready. And so when you go to sit, you go, ah, I caught you. No. Right? We want you to be able to just sit confidently and go, man, no. Bible's, Bible's real. Bible's true. The Bible is God's ordained word and everything that it says is what I live my life by. And so that's where we're going next week. So if you would, bow your heads with me real quick. close our service. Heavenly Father, I, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you've been doing within our service today. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take the words that I've spoken today. And that you would speak to each one of our hearts only the way that you can. Because each of us hears you in the way that that um, relates to us. And so I thank you for speaking our language so that we can grasp and get a hold of this thought process about that we need to have a foundation in our life that can be solid enough that when we have questions or that when questions are asked to us, one, we can either make sure that the first thing we're doing is running to you to find the answer and not allowing the outside noise, the influence of the enemy, the, the, the self-realization, the deconstructions, the, the, the problematizing, all of these things that, that are coming at us in this culture today, but that we would be rock-solid Christians, rock-solid on God's Word. And so, wherever we are in this process, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will move us just like that yodeler up the mountain. Step by step to reach that, that, that pinnacle of where we're so confident and so strong knowing that God's word is true, that we're not enticed by deceiving spirits or doctors and doctrines of demons, but that, Lord, we are walking in complete understanding of your heart, your word, your promises, and the picture of who you've called us to be in this time of darkness. And so I thank you for doing that within our hearts today. I thank you for it. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.